With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, and my great, incredible co-host, Jordan Lopez, with a very special guest today. I'm very excited for this episode. been waiting a while. Uh, we have the one and only, he's the site expert for PredominantlyOrange.com and NFLSpinZone.com. He's also the co-host of one of the best Broncos podcasts out there. Locked on Broncos podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you all know who it is, the one and only Sarah Bedinger. Sarah, it is great to have you on the show, man. How are you doing? Doing great, guys. Doing great. Thanks again for having me, and uh, always a pleasure to get to to chat Broncos with you guys. I know we do it a lot of time over text in the <laughs> in the Slack chat, but uh, here we are in person, so I love it. The goat has joined finally. <laughs> <laughs> And I wore my yes, hat sir. to represent, you know, I know Jordan, I know how much he loves the Marlins. And, uh, you know, I used to be a big fan of, the, you know, the Juan Pierre era of Marlins, uh, Pud Rodriguez back in those days. So, you know, got to bust it out. Look at that. We're matching. Look at that, Sarah. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. They're so, they're so <laughs> proud to be Marlins fans. Oh, man. Um. All right, so uh, let's, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in everything. Obviously, guys, uh, for the title of the episode, you guys know we'll be doing a 53-man roster prediction for only the defense today. Um, kind of looking ahead to OTAs and training camp. This is kind of like our earlier uh, prediction. Um, so as of now, uh, right now, I want to go ahead and start with a uh, defensive line. Obviously, starts in the trenches always in the NFL. That's kind of where... Obviously, the Broncos want to get you know generate pressure and uh, make life basically uh, tough on Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert this year because that's essentially is like the biggest key to success in this division in my opinion. And the AFC is definitely a much tougher conference than it has been in recent years. Um, so obviously, the big signing of the offseason, the Broncos bring in Zach Allen, um, who obviously is going to be a starter for the Broncos this year on that three-year, forty-five point seventy-five million dollar deal. He's obviously locked in starter here. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. There. There. Next, we have DJ Jones um, as a defensive end. I actually, I know he's more of like a defensive tackle, but I think the Broncos could definitely look in. And I know uh, Zach Seegers brought this up on the uh, Let's Talk Broncos podcast. They had me on there. Shout out to them. Um, this is a very real possibility that I would actually be super down for. Is kind of moving DJ Jones to more of a defensive end kind of player with Zach Allen and having Mike Purcell be that run stopper, that nose tackle for the Broncos. I think it's definitely a certain uh, possibility here. I would love to see this for the Broncos actually. Actually, um, he signed that three-year, $30 million deal in 2022. Um, so looking for a big season for him this upcoming season. Had a really solid 2022 as well. Um, I think uh, moving him to defensive end can certainly uh, make sense on th this defensive line. What would you guys think about that? So moving him to defensive end wouldn't be a bad idea. If that happens, I think uh, a player we also mentioned a few episodes ago, to PJ Mustafer. Uh, I think he would be uh, making the 53-man roster if that move is coordinated. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not opposed to the idea. But uh, I think if that does happen, then we're gonna have to look at a couple guys on the back end. 
making the roster like a PJ Mustafer so you can plug in that defensive tackle position behind Mike Purcell and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I think it's yeah, really interesting to throw it out there, right? I mean, you want to see your best three out on the field at the same time, right? So, I mean, that that would mean getting DJ Jones and Mike Purcell out there all at the same time. Now, how, how much time are you going to spend in that base defense, right? That's kind of what we're looking at here is like those three guys being on the field at the same time. How often would we, would we really see that? You know, I think Mike Purcell at this point, maybe a 40 to 50% in terms of snap counts type of player. Um, so maybe he does enter the starting lineup like that. And maybe we do see a lot more of DJ Jones along with Zach Allen. And then you kind of load up those edge guys with obviously Randy Gregory and, you know, uh, Baron Browning and all those other guys getting those snaps and kind of playing almost like a four man front more often than you do a three man front. Yeah, and my whole reasoning here is I, I like Matt Hennessy. Don't get me wrong. I'll get to him in a second. But um, as of now, he is our starting defensive uh, defensive end alongside Zach Allen. So this is kind of my reasoning here. I just have more faith in DJ Jones as a week one starter there, defensive end, considering the money that you're paying him, considering the skill set that he brings. I mean, he's got underrated speed You know, in the interior. Uh, he can get to the passer. So um, I really like this, and he's also a great run stopper. This would be like one of my uh, ideal situations scenarios shaping out for the defensive line um then next like i mentioned matt henningson i have him um you know one as one of the next guys not the starter but on the depth chart obviously making the team again the former sixth round pick last year uh the team the team seems to have big plans for him because uh last year he got increased snap count towards the end of the season um it seems like as of now like i just mentioned he is the starter um so i do think he is in the team's plans just in kind of like a rotational matter um as of now uh, he's shining that 2022 preseason, uh, 229 snaps last season, one sack, one pressure, one quarterback hit. Like I haven't just seen enough for me to like believe in him as the week one starter at defensive end. Maybe he has a great uh, training camp. You know, I'm hoping for the best for the guy and maybe he completely proves me wrong. But as of now, I don't see him as a starter just yet on this defense. Uh, I have a little bit more hope and uh, praise for uh, DJ Jones there at defensive end. The next I have Jonathan Harris making the 53 man roster might be a little bit surprise to some um this one's a kind of it's kind of like a really big toss-up i think he'll have a really good camp dj or excuse me deshaun williams has spoken really highly of him on uh, we had him on the podcast and i could see jonathan harris going to the practice squad potentially or just making the 53 man roster but Either way, I could see him being like elevated throughout the season, kind of similar to what he was uh, last year. Um, he played in eight games last season, started for only uh, just like Matt Hennigson, only had one pressure, one quarterback hit, uh, did have two tackles for loss. But I think he's uh, he's a really good depth piece. Um, I don't have too much uh, praise and too much uh, hope for him as you know a defensive lineman, but I do uh, certainly think that when he was given his opportunities, he's only going to get better learning from you know Deshaun Williams and Draymond Jones last year, and I think. I think he's one of those guys that's going to finally get his opportunity to shine uh, with Vance Joseph. Yeah, so actually on the back end, it was kind of between either Jonathan Harris or P.J. Mustafer for me to making like that very last spot on that D-line. Mm -hmm. And I ended up pick picking P.J. Mustafer just because, you know, just getting an extra big body like that, maybe plugging in, maybe some run defense like that. You know, we've struggled over the years with run defense, and who knows if Vance Joseph is going to fix all those problems, you know, the very first time, uh, very first year. So that's why I picked a Mustafa over Jonathan Harris, but I'm not like John, he can really make the 53 man roster easily, but he might be more of like a practice squad guy, like you said. So it's up in the air for me.
Yeah, it is. Yeah, most definitely. I think Yoma Uazurike factoring in there as well. You know, a fourth-round pick last year. A lot of people, when the Broncos took him, thought, man, they could have got him in round three, and I would have been excited about that. So a lot of people liked him coming out of Iowa State. Obviously, a big body out there, somebody that he, he can get after the quarterback. I think he had nine and a half sacks his last year at Iowa State or something something like that. So he's somebody that along with Matt Henningsen, like you mentioned, and Jonathan Harris, like one of those guys or multiple of those guys are going to have to go out in training camp and preseason and really make a statement with the way that they, but I mean, they're, they're able to get after the quarterback. We saw under Vance Joseph, right? Shelby Harris kind of had that huge off season back in, I think it was 2017. And when Shelby Harris, who was a reserve futures guy, had a huge offseason, everybody's kind of like, well, maybe he could be something. And then he turns out to be one of the team's better D linemen for the next handful of years and got that three-year deal last offseason. Honestly, wouldn't mind seeing him get brought back in some capacity now that the Seahawks have let him go. But I think Yoma Oazurike, a factor, Matt Henningsen, interesting. Th those guys both have interesting breakout potential you mentioned PJ Mustafer as kind of a sleeper. What about uh, what about Jordan Jackson? This guy, the, he was drafted in the sixth round by the Saints last year. Broncos picked him up on a reserve futures deal this offseason. Kind of an interesting athlete out there. Really big body, long arms, could play probably multiple positions on the defensive line. I don't necessarily know that I would put him in Sharpie for the 53-man roster, but I think he's an intriguing athlete. Among a group of, I think, a lot of young guys, Elijah Garcia has some, uh, you know, uh, you know, time with the team, I guess, as of late last season. Mm -hmm. And then you have Marcus Dixon, the defensive line coach, who one of only two coaches retained from that previous staff. You got to be putting a lot of trust and faith in him with whatever group of guys you give him. I think if you keep five or six D linemen with an extra pair on the practice squad, I think you're sitting pretty good at that spot. But it's going to be a battle between those guys like Jonathan Harris, Jordan Jackson, PJ Mustafer, Elijah Garcia, those back end guys to really step up in camp and, and make some plays. Yeah, and that leaves me with uh, the finishing touches on the defensive line at defensive tackle slash nose tackle. I have, like I mentioned earlier, on Mike Purcell being the starter, just an incredible run stopper. Um, this is, uh, I believe he's on a contract year, so um, he has a lot to prove this year. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do uh, for the Broncos this year. I just have um, definitely, uh, with his veteran experience, his uh, run stopping ability, um, and he has an underrated, underrated uh, pass rushing ability as well. I want to see what we can get out of uh, Mike Purcell this year and uh, this is just more so due to uh, you know I would more so due to me wanting to kick DJ Jones out to defensive end and then right behind Purcell I have a Yuma Wazirike making the 53-man roster and I know I have six defensive linemen making the 53-man roster last year the Broncos only rolled out uh, five but Vance Joseph with the Arizona Cardinals last year did uh, you know start with six defensive linemen uh, with his 53-man roster to start off the season so definitely something to be uh, to watch out for there um, I have uh, the former fourth round pick out of Iowa State um, he was pretty effective both defensive and defensive tackle at Iowa State, kind of interchangeable there, essentially. Um, like Sarah mentioned, he had nine sacks in 2021 with the Cyclones. Um, as a fourth-round pick in 2022, he had 165 snaps, uh, significantly less than Henningsen, which Henningsen's a sixth-round pick. So um, that just shows, like I mentioned, the praise that the staff seems to have. Ant-Man Henningsen, I assume uh, Marcus Dixon likes him a lot. Um, he had two pressures. Uh, 
Wazirik had two pressures, two quarterback hits, and a pass breakup last year. Just kind of, in my opinion, I wouldn't call it like super underwhelming, but as a fourth round pick, you want to see, you want to get a little bit more out of him, considering Damari Mathis is a fourth round pick, is already like a surefire starter for you. So um, I would like to see him uh, give him a little bit more for us. I like him more at defensive tackle. I like a lot what I saw on his tape with uh, Iowa State at defensive tackle, but he can, he's another one of those guys, just like DJ Jones. And these guys aren't going to be specifically starting at defensive end or defense tackle like you're going to see a lot of rotations i don't think they're just going to be specifically set at one spot on the defensive line and just make things really easy for uh, offenses to scheme up for them um i think this is a but definitely i like him uh, at defensive tackle behind mike purcell learn from him from a year and maybe if he has a good season you make him the starter in 2024 yeah i have the same thing as you amir i thought those are both of my defensive tackles as well i'm also carrying six defense alignment in my uh 53 man roster predictions at least for the defense um and actually kind of pointing out to sarah's point with uh, jordan jackson like those guys on the practice squad that are going to make it or even the sixth guy on the defensive line, they're going to have to play a big part for us because, you know, injuries do happen during the season. And unfortunately, Denver has been one of those teams that we always look at the end of the season. They have like one of the most injured rosters in the league. Those guys are going to have to play a crucial role, especially if we want to be competitive this year. So guys like Jordan Jackson, like Sarah mentioned, and these other guys are going to have to play a big part. But yeah, to your point, Amir, I have six guys as well, and we have the same defensive tackles. I think as of right now, I think that's a good group. Uh, it could be better, but I think it's a solid, solid group to start off the season. Yeah, I've got five defensive linemen penciled in for now, which so I'll go a little different from you guys. Spoiler alert, my defensive backs will be a little heavier in these predictions, but I'm going with the, the five guys that we know as of right now. I think you could kind of maybe – pencil them in as locks on the roster obviously zach allen dj jones mike purcell yoma oazarike and then matt henningson there on the d line and kind of leave room for hey if you want to keep six maybe go out and sign a, a shelby harris or see what these guys yeah. can do in training camp preseason if somebody has a huge preseason i mean keep them by all means i would love to see that but we'll see how the edge position shakes out as well because that'll be a factor here how many different looks are you giving on that defensive front but I'm going to go with five D linemen for now, those five that we've talked about already, and we'll kind of see how the rest of this roster plays out. Absolutely. Um, Jordan, what do you have now uh, that the defensive line is kind of complete? What do you have for the outside linebackers on this roster? Certainly an intriguing group, um, considering this is one of the different looking groups we've had over the last few years. It's the first year that we don't have Von Miller or Va uh, Bradley Chubb to start off the season. So it'll be definitely interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, one player who uh, definitely has some injury concerns on a big contract. Lots of Broncos fans are kind of eager to see if he's going to live up to that contract. And then you have another player who's giving a lot of fans Fans, that Vaughn Miller kind of vibe. Who are you, who do you have as the starters and the depth pieces uh, in this outside linebacker room? So as what I have right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, I have five that I have on my list. I have Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, Nick Bonito, and then the the two that I have at the end is Jonathan Cooper and Christopher Allen. And oh, I would like yeah. to hear your thoughts on my potential edge rushers, outside linebackers, whatever you want to call them. I would like to hear your thoughts on at least those five. I would be excited by that because that would mean what? Christopher Allen played well enough to make the roster, right? I mean, that's the guy that was graded. I think Dane Brugler of The Athletic had him as a fourth-round yeah. prospect last year coming out of the draft. And, of course, he had some injury concerns, missed most of his final year at Alabama. 
I can't remember what the injury was off the top of my head. Maybe one of you guys remembers what it is, but Broncos basically redshirt him. Broken foot. Broken foot. So yeah. so you get the red shirt year and you get the chance to kind of go and learn from all these other guys who are, I mean, quite frankly, a lot of those players off the edge are kind of learning on the fly as well. Like, you know, Baron Browning, his first year transitioning, Nick Benito, another rookie out there. So I'm going to be really interested to see what Christopher Allen can bring to the table. They gave him a, a big contract guarantee as an undrafted guy last year. I would have five as well. I would say Aaron Patrick would be my fifth guy, though, the only different one that you have. And Aaron Patrick coming off that injury, just a really bad situation in Los Angeles with the slippery sideline, you know, that whole situation there. Aaron Patrick, I mean, the guy was balling out in last year's preseason. He was making plays on special teams. He's a freak athlete. So I'm going to be fascinated to see how somebody like him does this offseason as compared to a guy like Christopher Allen, who has the opportunity to come in with a clean slate and obviously recovering from that injury, getting a full year to recover. I think there's some interesting competition there on the back end. Yeah, Jordan, we must be on the same wavelength because I actually picked Chris Allen as well to be that final man on the depth chart uh, for the edges. Yeah, I just like Chris Allen so much. Like When he is healthy, he is like easily a rotational guy, like in the Jonathan Cooper type of role for the Broncos. I mean... I really, really excited to see what he can do. I think he'll have a healthy training camp. And, you know, this one's just kind of for fun. But I think Chris Allen will make the 53-man roster. I'm not too certain by it because you can't really predict the injuries. But knock on wood, he stays healthy. Um, like, you know, like we mentioned, he missed the 2022 season uh, due to that foot injury. Um, and something interesting, you talk about that uh, foot injury um, dating back to Alabama. When he uh, got injured, actually the player that replaced him was uh, interesting. Uh, interestingly enough, was uh, Drew Sanders before he transferred to Arkansas. So uh, definitely interesting to uh, see the competition that plays out here in Denver. Drew Sanders can get some look at uh, looks at edge. Uh, definitely be sent, uh, fun to see a reunion there competing on the defensive line. But yeah, really excited. I, yeah, Baron Browning, Nick Benito, Chris Allen, your weak side linebacker, strong side, Randy Gregory. He just major issue with injuries, like I mentioned. He's had three surgeries since the beginning of 2022. Like that is, you don't really see that very often in the NFL. He's he's got to stay healthy. He's got to get over this injury hump. He's need to live. He needs to live up to that five-year, seventy million dollar contract. Me personally, I'm not as high as some other people on Randy Gregory. I hope he proves me wrong and has a really good season. Um, Went healthy. He has showed flashes. I just need to need to see him play like minimum. All I'm asking is 15 games um, and just play your tail off. See what we can get out of you for that final year. Then we'll move forward and see what happens with Randy Gregory. And then, like you mentioned, Jonathan Cooper to back him up as a strong side linebacker. Um, he started in nine games last season, replacing Gregory. Played in 14, two sacks, eight quarter, uh, eight pressures, and seven quarterback hits. Um, definitely a solid rotational piece for the Broncos there. Um, so yeah, my room is exactly the uh, same as yours, Jordan. Um, so, Sarah, what do you have uh, for the inside linebacker room kind of shaping up? Arguably one of our strongest uh, position uh, groups on this entire roster. Well, no coincidence. There's two Iowa Hawkeyes in that or three, <laughs> actually three former Iowa Hawkeyes in that room. So, no, I, I love this group. Uh, last year, like you said, I mean, it was maybe the worst position group on the team. Now it's maybe one of the best. So I, I think Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, of course, those are the top two guys. And I love that you get Jonas Griffith coming back this year. Uh, as I think he was an exclusive rights free agent this year and still has the restricted free agent tag you know, opportunity next year. So kind of an exciting thing for him to be last year, I think almost 
unanimously the potential breakout player in that defense to go from that to now being a guy who's got to have a chip on his shoulder to come in and earn snaps any other way that he possibly can on special teams, maybe rushing the passer. But I love Jonas Griffith in that group. And then obviously Drew Sanders coming in. We've already heard the hype out of rookie minicamp, right? Which, I mean, he's just a hulking presence out there, six foot five at the linebacker position, can float to the edge. I like that. And then I would still have Justin Cernod there as my fifth linebacker. So I, I, I think the NFL is kind of moving away from these guys who are full-time linebackers. But at the same time, you know, you have to have depth at this position. I still like Justin Cernod, although, hey, I'm not going to be mad if Seth Benson, the Iowa kid, comes in and has, you know, a great preseason, great training camp, and earns that fifth spot over somebody like Sternod, although it's going to be tough because Sternod's kind of become a core special teamer. So I've got five, five, and five so far, five edge, five D linemen, and now five linebackers. I actually have the same. I have the same. I have five. I have the exact same five. Um, I just think, you know, I would say the, the wild card, and I mean this in a good spot, or a good term, Drew Sanders, if he really becomes like a very like good, good player for this linebacker crew, I mean, the sky's the limit for not only him, but this whole defense. He can change this whole dynamic of our defense and Vance Joseph and stuff. So when I say he's a wild card, it's not a bad thing. It's just if he really puts it on and he keeps on balling out, I mean, this defense is going to be very scary. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually rolling with uh, just the four linebackers. I think they'll have one on the practice squad that can potentially uh, elevate when they need to. Um, I think it's just a really strong unit. Uh, but like you mentioned, it is a good point, you know, to have more depth pieces there um, with the five line linebackers. Um, Josie Jewell, obviously starter on the contract year. He's going to have, I think, a really, really good year for the Broncos. Um, he's going to go out and get an even bigger contract this upcoming year, as long as he can stay healthy. Um, it's kind of been like the issue with him the last few years, that torn pick and then uh, last Last year was dealing with a little bit of injuries to start off the season. Um, then Alex Singleton, fresh off the three-year, $18 million contract. Big surprise in 2022, 163 tackles, fifth most in the NFL. Just all around, just lit it up on the stat sheet. Um, the next, obviously, uh, Drew Sanders. You know, Sean Payton has a clear vision for him at inside linebacker. And they're not ruling out the possibility of him at, you know, competing on the edge, like I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um so I have him at the third spot. And then I have Jonas Griffith being the fourth guy and the last guy on the depth chart. Uh, started eight games uh, with Jewel out last year, but did um, you know miss the, re the remainder of the season. So I'm looking uh, forward to bounce back here from him. Uh, very cheap um, veteran for the Broncos. That definitely has a lot of upside as potentially an even starter. Um, and you get have him as a depth piece when you're already at starting experience. Just a huge all-around uh, big um, get for the Broncos, uh, you know, from the 49ers a few years ago. Um, unfortunately, this year, Justin, you know, Sternod, uh, we had him on the podcast. Um, love the guy, but I think this might be the year where um, maybe he gets a little outshined by Seth Benson. One of those guys will probably make the practice squad. I do have them just riding out with the four, but I think this might be the year uh, he does not make the 53-man roster. Could be wrong here, like you mentioned, Sarah, a quarter special teamer, solid in pass coverage, um, but I, I don't know uh, how this will play out. Just an early prediction. I hope he has a great camp, but that's kind of how I have the linebacker room shaping out right now.
So next we have uh, for the cornerback room. So we uh, started with defensive line, did our linebackers, and now at corners, um, we have uh, obviously um, this one might be a stretch, but I have Patrick Sertan making the 53-man <laughs> roster, might be shooting for the moon here. Um, next we have uh, Damari Mathis uh, getting the starting nod over Riley Moss. I know it'll be really fun competition to see this in training camp, but uh, definitely have him uh, being the starting outside corner alongside Pat Sertan. Um, um, and then Riley Moss being the depth between uh, under no, under those guys. Um, Sarah, your Iowa Hawkeye, I know you mentioned in one of your articles that you would not be surprised if he kind of sneaks his way in the starting rotation here. Um, that would be certainly an uh, interesting uh, you know, thing to play out there in the corner room. Um, and then I have Tremont Smith um, being the last uh, starting corner uh, in-depth piece. He's one of those really interesting players that he brings returnability. It's going to be like a really good return competition between him, Montreal, Marvin Mims, Kendall Henson, and those guys, potentially KJ Hamler. Um, and he can also play nickel outside corner, just brings a lot of uh, you know special teams value for this team. Um, signed that two-year, $5 million deal. He's one of those like sneaky like chess pieces that Sean Payton picked up this offseason. But what do you think about uh, that starting uh, four for the outside corners that I have? I mean, I think the, the starting four, I think, I mean, I think we will all agree. We all have those four. Um, I think the the questions will be on the backside of it. And I actually want to get yours guys' takes on this. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, assigning ba uh, Basie making the 53-man roster? Think any shot there, or is he maybe like a practice squad type of guy? Not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of him personally. He's He fits more better in the slot, but... I don't know. This might be the year where the Tremont Smith signing, the Riley Moss pick kind of kicks him out the door, in my opinion. Yeah, and Bassie, he played a lot of special teams, right? That's part of the allure of bringing him back. But then you bring in Tremont Smith, who Sean Payton has said he's an elite special team. I mean, that that's what he's bringing to the table. It's not just returning from Tremont Smith. It's that this guy can fly down the field in 4.3 seconds, you know, to go after. I think he forced a three fumbles last year, two or three or something like that with Houston. And a lot of that came as a gunner on punt coverage. So you're coming, you're coming at these returners with just a, an absolute missile out there. So that's going to be tough for somebody like Bassey, who's kind of made his hay as a special teams and nickel guy to now have a guy who can play outside corner and all the different special teams, including returning kickoffs for you. So I, I, I don't know. I just I, I personally like Jaquan McMillan. I'm interested to know what your guys' thoughts are on him. We got to see a little sample size from him last year, former All-American out of East Carolina. To me, that's a guy that he showed, man, he can hang on the outside with the likes of Mike Williams. But he also, I think, projected better to the inside, being that he's, what, like five foot nine or something like that. So he's kind of an inside-outside guy. I like his ball skills. I think that he's got tremendous potential. If I'm picking a back end of the roster guy, I think I'd be going for Jaquan McMillan over somebody like he's saying Bassey personally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that leaves me with my nickel corners. Kwan Williams, obviously, is going to be the starting slot corner there. Uh, played in 14 games last season, seven PBUs, interception, 59.6% completion allowed. Also a 69.3 passer rating. Nice uh, when targeted. Um, next, uh, under him, uh, then like you mentioned, uh, Jaquan McMillan. Um, definitely have to have him, uh, like you mentioned, as the backup uh, nickel corner. He just fits. He just like projects so well as like a nickel corner, in my opinion. His size the speed everything i have a lot of a lot of hopes for him and um he even had you know uh 
you know, opportunities at, at the outside as well. And so the versatility is already being formed there. It feels like, and just played in the one, uh, like you mentioned, the one game last year as an undrafted free agent rookie getting a matchup with uh, Mike Williams in that season finale, you know, maybe I'm just hyping him up a little too much. Um, Sarah, you appear to be agreeing with me, but I feel like he has a lot of potential. Like you mentioned, um, I'm just really excited to see what he could bring. And I have him as like the last corner uh, to make it on this roster out of the six. Yeah, 100%. Him and Kwan Williams to round out that group of four guys that primarily play outside, like you mentioned, with Pat Sertan, Damari Mathis, Riley Moss, Tremont Smith. I think then adding Kwan Williams and Jaquan McMillan there as your primary slot options with the op option to have Riley Moss, I think, kick into the slot or Damari Mathis. Even remember when Damari Mathis was picked, it was Ronald Darby as the other outside guy. And like, how can we get Damari Mathis even on the field? A lot of people were saying, well, maybe you put him in the slot as well and give him an opportunity. I think these guys, they get the opportunity to do a little bit more man coverage just in general. I think that playing that man coverage from the slot or matching up against certain guys, whether it's in the slot against Travis Kelsey or whether you're playing up against another different kind of big slot, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you got the best three or four guys out there, that's what you're looking for. And so I think that that group of six right there, that's about as solid as you can get at this point in time with what the Broncos have invested at the position. And I would add uh, to Sarah's point, uh, looking out for Jaquan McMillan in a training camp. I think uh, you may also look out for uh, Art Green. I think he's another one to look out yeah. for. He might surprise some people in training camp. So I want to look at those two guys as uh, interesting uh, pieces going into the defense. Uh, you know, maybe practice squad guys, but they can very much be at the back end of the roster and uh, be some guys that help us out. Yeah, I like R. Green so much. Like him and a few other players I'm, I'm really banking on to make the three-man roster, especially with the, the low amount of draft picks that we had. All right, so Jordan, to wrap up our defensive uh, projections today and predictions, um, who do you have being the starting and uh, depth piece uh, safeties uh, on the final 53-man roster? So I think the safeties were the easiest ones besides the inside linebackers to kind of predict. Uh, you know, you have Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns, P.J. Locke. We just re-signed Kareem Jackson and then obviously uh, J.L. Skinner. So uh, I think that's a very nice safety core right there. Those five are, would be really good. I just hope Kareem – you know, they, I think Mike Kliss was the one that said it, that Kareem Jackson is going to be taking a little bit of a lesser role this year, letting the young kids play more, which is what I like because if that's the case, we're going to see a lot more of Skinner for sure, a lot more of Caden Stearns and maybe a little bit more of P.J. Locke. But, yeah, I, I love those five. Um, I think safety is also one of our strong points, at least in my opinion, besides inside linebacker. And, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with these five guys. Yeah, I love that group. And I think the one wild card right now is Delary and Turner Yell, right? What can yeah. he do after he obviously appeared in a lot of games in his rookie season playing primarily special teams? But was he one of those, you know, coaches picks? Like, is he a Christian Parker guy or was he, you know, I, I don't know. Was he a, a defensive coordinator guy, right? I don't know. exactly. Was he an Azero Evero guy, essentially, is what I'm saying. So I don't know exactly where Delaria and Turner Yell fits into the equation. Could he push somebody else off the roster? Could he push JL Skinner to the practice squad? I know nobody wants to talk about that right now because everybody's like, JL Skinner's the new big thing right he's the 6'4 safety should have been a top 100 pick etc 
but Delarian Turner Yell does have a year on him, right? And we'll see about the offseason activities, like whether or not Skinner can even participate. I'm excited about Skinner. I have him making the final 53 and rounding out this group of, of safeties, which I have five safeties, six corners, 11 DBs in total. So I, I like that potential. I like the diversity that you have there in terms of guys with different size, different skill sets, ability to play in the box, things like that. But where does Delarian Turner Yell kind of, crease his way into the roster or does kareem jackson coming in really take away any opportunity of that yeah that's kind of where i was going to bring up is i feel like the kareem jackson resigning kind of pushes him back to maybe the practice squad could be wrong there maybe they rock with the more dbs the more dbs the better but you do have to account for the other players and position groups so you have to gather on your roster but yeah that wraps up our uh, defensive 53-man roster predictions um I, I couldn't agree more with that safety room, uh, Jordan. Definitely a good, uh, really, really good uh, five there. It can potentially, you have like Caden Stearns, PJ Locke, and JL Skinner. Very rarely can any team say that you have that many safeties that can be a starter and you can be confident in them being your starter, you know, when, whenever it is. Like you have all your starting, say, all your safeties right there are all starting uh, caliber players, which is just very, uh, cool to say even though jl skinner it's going to take him a little bit but i do have confidence later in the season he'll get more playing time and learn from guys like justice simmons cream jackson and those players um so yeah that wraps up our predictions sarah how do you feel about the defense uh kind of our last question how do you feel about the defense this year where do you think it's going to rank how do you feel about vance joseph just how do you feel about the overall outlook of uh this broncos defense in 2023 I think the defense as a whole, to me, kind of has a, a high ceiling, but maybe a bit lower of a floor this year than it did last year, right? Because you look at that edge position, there's no more Bradley Chubb. And then, like you mentioned, Randy Gregory's kind of a wild card. And you replace Draymond Jones with Zach Allen. How is that going to look? I think they similar production statistically last year, right, from those two guys. But at the same time, it's, I mean, you got to go out on the field and do do these things, right? And what does the defensive line look like? Do they move DJ Jones to defensive end and slide Mike Purcell into the starting lineup? How, how does Drew Sanders factor into all this? Is Baron Browning going to take the next step? Same question for guys like Nick Benito, Damari Mathis. Caden Stearns like there's so many questions on this side of the ball and yet we who cover and follow the team so closely I think we have a little bit more confidence in the Caden Stearns of the world as opposed to somebody who may not have watched a ton of the Broncos the last two years because they're like well I don't, I don't know much about Caden Stearns you know we've seen the flashes but they see the fact that he's barely played you know so I think it, it's it's a high ceiling or a high yeah high ceiling low floor potential if these guys don't live up to what we kind of hope they can be so you believe it's like a boom or bust type of season for Vance boom or bust. Mm -hmm. wow yeah that is a really yeah it's a really good point because i could see them being like as high as like a top three unit but it's just like Vance Joseph defensive play calling the injuries. We don't know how that's going to play out this year. So I do 100% agree with you. It could be like a boomer bust type of unit, but I do. I, I'm more banking and leaning towards uh, being like a top five unit. I really do think this is going to be a really solid team, even after losing uh, zero Evero. Well, yeah, I mean, the talent's there, right? So, I mean, we're not complaining about the talent. It's more so how Vance Joseph is going to use everyone, you know, how he's going to make everyone play you know, together as one unit. So something we've been so used to with Vic Fangio and uh, Evro. Now we got to see how Vance Joseph does it. And if he doesn't do a good job of it, you know, it's a boomer bust type of uh, unit and season, you can say. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. 
Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on today's show. Uh, it was a great time. Um, you are killing it over there, seriously. Uh, one of the best, just all around media in the in the entire Broncos. Uh, you know, uh, Twitter, everything. You know, predominantly orange. You're just killing it everywhere. Uh, look up to you, man, seriously. Uh, but thank you for taking time out of your, uh, out of your day. I know you're busy. Um, so thank you for hopping on today's show, man. Seriously. No, thank you guys. I appreciate you. And you guys are killing it. So I love watching. I love listening. Uh, I, I mean, the guests, it's been really great. You guys have done just a tremendous job of adding to everything that's going on already in a really loaded space, which I really respect. I mean, it's it's awesome to see you guys coming in and doing your thing, having fun and and just really cementing yourselves as go to. Like I see I see you guys on Twitter. I see you guys all over the place with just your you become a go-to for a lot of broncos fans and so i love seeing it and and i can't wait to see what's next i really appreciate that man coming from you seriously um but yeah that is going to be it uh for today's episode with sarah bedinger if you guys are listening on youtube make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe if you guys are listening on spotify and f podcast make sure you guys hit the follow button leave a five-star rating if you guys enjoyed today's episode uh make sure you guys are followed have notifications turned on um so you never miss an episode with any nfl uh broncos players writers insiders whoever you guys want to have on the show uh, make sure you guys have that notification bell on but yeah that's uh it for today's episode i'm your host amir with my co-host jordan and today's Today's incredible guest, Sarah Benninger. Till the next one, peace.